Coming to you from New York City. This week and every week, it's the Ben Kissel Show. All right, welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel, as always, joined by Mike Coscarelli. Thanks for being here, Mike. Uh, thank you. All right, today's guest, we're honored to have him. You can see him. He's playing the younger Madoff in the television uh, hit miniseries Madoff. Uh, he's also an, uh, he is also an editor for Mother Jones. Ben Dreyfus is with us. Hello, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here, Ben Dreyfus. I we had a question. I had a question before the show began. How do you pronounce Bernie's last name? When I say Bernie, of course, I'm referring to Madoff or Madoff. It turns out it is Madoff, like Madoff with the money. Okay. And the only Perfect. reason I know that is because it looks like it should be Madoff. Right. And I said Madoff a number of times on the takes, and it was around take five where some producer ran in and was like, "You know, he's been saying, he's been saying, Madoff." And they came and said, it's Madoff like Madoff. And, of course, you're playing younger Madoff, so you should o- know your you own should last know your name. name. But the thing is, when you're reading the script, you don't think that you're often going to be saying your own name that much. Because you're not, you're not thinking that you're going to be going, oh, I'll just be repeating my name over and over. Right. It turns the- out you do when you're trying to sell people stocks. You say your name a lot. Oh, is that right? I had no idea. I, I, this was the 50s. It was before. Things were different. So as you were playing the younger Madoff character, did you learn how to swindle people? I already knew how to swindle people. What's the number one thing you got to know for all the young swindlers out there or the aspiring swindlers? What's the number one thing they got to know? Just lie. Just lie. <laughs> just, just be comfortable lying. Take some beta blockers. You won't sweat. Your hands will be calm. Uh-huh. And just lie and make people feel comfortable. You want to buy a boat? I got a great boat for you. Wow. You need to have a boat. You can just find the boat later. I totally believed you, and that's exactly what Ted Bundy used to do as well. He would always say, "Want to help me with my boat?" And meanwhile, he's in landlocked, uh, he's in landlocked Seattle or something like that. And they're like, "Of course, you got a boat here in the middle of this Walmart parking lot. Why wouldn't you, Mister Bundy? Look, You're if attractive." You want, if you want to kill and consume young men and boys, Ted Bundy is definitely the person who knows how to do it. Absolutely. I saw on Twitter you were mentioning for your father, Richard Dreyfus, of course, of Mister Holland's Opus fame, the greatest role in the history of Hollywood, Mister Holland. <laughs> Of course. Uh, You were saying that this is the first role where you were really uh, proud of your father because the character himself, Madoff, had so much depth. I wouldn't say it's the, like the first ever, but it was no, it's, but in, it's in, the in first a little in while, the last like ten years yeah. or so. My dad's had a had a had a span of like it's been it's been a while since he's had like a a part that he could dive into as well, and it gives him as much to do as he has in this one, right? Um, because you know now he's old, and when you're old in Hollywood, you're relegated to playing grandparents and things like that. Mm, it's tragic. It's it's so hard to be a white straight man in Hollywood. My <laughs> God, <laughs> I've heard that before. <laughs> A, a non-Scientologist yeah. <laughs> white straight man in Hollywood. That's for certain. But that must have been such a thrill to be able to be in this unbelievably successful miniseries with your father and playing the younger version of him, very much like what Ice uh, Cube's son got to do yeah. in the uh, film Straight Outta Compton. Yeah, I mean, Although, of course, he was playing uh, his father outright. Yeah, and also, I mean, he, I think, he was he, he's a better actor than I am, is the first thing. Oh, that's not true. I saw the miniseries. <laughs> ben Dreyfus, you were, you were so convincing as a younger Madoff, I wanted to strangle you yeah. through the screen. I mean, the nice thing about it was, you know, they, 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 my dad announced he was doing it, and then I had to beat an audition against my brother. Basically. Really? No, I mean, not, not really. We, but, like, there wasn't a nationwide audition here. It was, uh-huh. I uniquely look like my father. Right, right, right. And my brother looks a lot like him, but not as much like him. And so we both, like, went in and met with the director. And then I am the one who played it. So, ha, <laughs> Harry. <laughs> oh, my good. Harry Dreyfus, he must be livid. I'm sure he's stewing somewhere. He's actually just taller than me is the real problem. It's worked out for him in the rest of his life, but now he's just right. too tall. 
Take that, Harry Dreyfus. So is acting the family business? I mean, um, obviously, you do a lot of other things. We've met uh, many times. I, you do things on uh, a, a punditry yeah. as well for politics, obviously, with your uh, being an editor at Mother Jones. Is acting the first love that you had, uh, or what was it? Was it politics, or how did that oh, come no, about? I mean, it, it, I, I wanted to be an actor, and I acting what should have been the family business. Um, but I just I, I, I didn't become a famous actor. To my surprise, people yeah. say that people say that in Hollywood, nepotism is a huge thing. Right. And it should be. <laughs> but the thing is, it's not enough. I left NYU and went to LA and was like, all right, I'm ready to be a movie star. Thank you. Right. I've been promised this. I got my college degree. It tells me I majored <laughs> in movie star. Oh, God. I, I literally have I've totaled cars. Right. I know everything that we need to do. I've done drugs. I've done all the things that we need. Give me, give me a Golden Globe. Right. And then that didn't happen. And so I was shocked. And I ended up having to become a journalist because I needed health insurance and to pay my rent. What a tragic tale. Tragic. Tragedy. Forced into journalism, I'm the still, Ben Dreyfus story. Literally. I mean, it is five years later, and I'm still, I'm still, still shockingly in journalism. I'm, I'm yeah. just waiting. Gun to my head. Gun, to, gun in the mouth. Yeah. Just bang. It's, it's a, but I mean, hopefully, hopefully uh, one day my dad will become famous again, and I'll be able to leave journalism. I oh, mean, your maybe, father is maybe famous. There, maybe there will be some sort of associate producer credit in this for me down the line, and I can just go back to Los Angeles. No, but uh, so well, I, this younger Madoff role. This is going to be yeah. the. This is the launching I'm pad that you've for, been looking be for. There will be a spinoff where like young Madoff goes and solves crimes in the 1960s around. He yeah. and little Vans with Scooby and his buddies. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. So you went. Uh, you graduated from NYU with the uh, with the degree in acting. I would assume with like a with one of those degrees where you sort of you know have a lot. A lot of fingers in a lot of different cups you right 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 things. that's right so uh what are those college degrees that nobody gets a job from totally yeah like yeah. Went to brown perfect yeah. yes so uh what was it like when you got to when you got to la you were really uh you were expecting uh success overnight when you didn't find it what was uh how long did it take you before you not that you gave up on the actor dream but before you were like maybe i'll try to dip my toe in oh. another uh field oh when i ran out of money it's, oh that, that it's thing literally when it's literally when you get the call that's like there's no more money in the bank account you're like oh my god but yeah no there's cycles of denial you know you start and you're like i'll just go and it should be easy and then a couple of months later you're like it hasn't happened yet and pilot season's gone around maybe i'll become a screenwriter mm -hmm. and then a couple of months go by and then it's been two years and like maybe i'll be a director maybe i'll be a pa maybe i'll be maybe i'll just you know go to venice beach and yeah. juggle maybe i'll just do something can i be a light i, I, I can work anything. in the lighting I business i will sleep with you for money like there right. and you get to all these <laughs> levels and then eventually you do run out of money and my sister at the time was working as an actual journalist and had gone to college for journalism and had worked her way up from a small town paper to blah 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 blah, blah right blah. And then she took great pity on me, and they were hiring someone at CNET.com to work on their social media. And they didn't really know what social media was at the time. Mm -hmm. And I had gotten into a fight with Joe Scarborough on Twitter. And, and what was the fight with Joe Scarborough? For those that don't know Joe Scarborough, he was a Republican senator, uh, very well respected. Now he hosts a great show on MSNBC called Morning Joe. I absolutely love it. Uh, of course, I don't wake up that early in the morning, <laughs> but occasionally I stay up. Uh, throughout the night, and I catch it at five o'clock. Especially uh, 5 not in California, where it's on in incredibly early. Right. But it was during. It was like in two thousand nine, and he said something about. He said something about how Americans were more conservative than I thought they were, mm -hmm. and I called him a, a curse word that is a British term for uh, a vagina. Oh, okay. And then he told me to kill myself in some way on Twitter, and, and Gawker ended up writing about it, and because of that. My sister was able to tell her colleagues at CNET 
that uh, her brother knows Twitter really well. Gawker has written approvingly about his Twitter account. And Hilarious. So, so the fight that you had on Twitter with Joe Scarborough, that's what launched your journalism yep. career. Yep, perfect. That's amazing. And, of course, the uh, English word for uh, vagina, apple crumble. Yeah. He called Joe Scarborough an apple crumble. Uh, not a lot of people it know was, that's it, what the British refer to the uh, vagina a, as. It, it was a less problematic time back then in 2009 or 10. Right. You could just say whatever you wanted. Do you think with the, was the name Dreyfus at the end, you know, Ben Dreyfus, do you think that uh, gave Joe the uh, the desire to go and attack you? No, I don't think he knew who I was. I think, no. that, it, I think that he probably, had, of course, had no idea who, he was just, and he also didn't tell me to kill myself. He told me to, like, take some pills and drink vodka with it but it was like you know <laughs> that's actually just kind of fun friendly advice totally. to have a good night and i was i little did he know i was on pills and vodka and i was like oh my god this is weird simpatico um but no yeah so that that that's what that's that's how i got into journalism really so it wasn't nepotism from my dad it was nepotism from my sister interesting and, yeah and was your father approving of you getting into acting as an actor himself obviously you guys won't be competing for roles no. um but uh, he knows the hardships of hollywood and how awful and fickle and uh you know how uh, shallow the industry is was he uh, did he ever give you advice on like get out get out now never go in yeah i mean my dad 100 percent. that is actually like a quote basically of his <laughs> um my dad had a really unique experience in hollywood because he my dad's a, a great actor, and he, yeah. he 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 didn't really have the time that people have where they are struggling at it. Mm -hmm. You know, he he grew up in Los Angeles and was in on Bewitched when he was in high school, mm. and then like went and spent his twenties doing TV, and he then won an Academy Award at like twenty nine. Right, and so he very quickly like he his he he was a prince of all of it from a very young age. And so <laughs> the entire notion of like you're you're not immediately getting it. My dad was like, well, I guess you know. Probably not as good as I am at this. Yeah, as he's licking his Oscar, <laughs> you don't have to constantly clean it with your tongue, the Dad. Funny, the funny thing is, is that like my mom, my mom's name is Jeremy Rain, and she had the exact opposite experience in Hollywood, where she like isn't a very good actress, and she was in like, you know, B-list movies in the seventies where you're kidnapped and there's like sex exploitation, and Ooh. then she was in like Wes Craven movies where she's helping the people kill the other people. I and... guarantee you, I've seen more movies that your mother was in <laughs> than your father. I guarantee that's true. I mean, my mom is the sweetest person in the entire world. The best person with a West Virginia drawl ever to kill and rape co-eds in West in West Craven films, but she's also just not. She she had the exact opposite experience, and so my mom right. was the person in the family who was like, "You kids think you're gonna go and just become movie stars? Uh -huh. It's not like that. You're gonna." Turned out she was a hundred percent right, and but as she was saying that, you're like, "Don't no, no. I have dreams, mom. Like, you mom, have no idea, mom. What are you talking about? Obviously, I'll be in Mission Impossible three. Right? What are you saying?" <laughs> Absolutely. So, I mean, it's funny because my father is a uh, not a very he's not a successful guy. He's, a, he's an immigrant from Germany. He's a truck driver. And in my entire life, I'm like, hey, not exactly going to be difficult to outdo what he did with his life. Unless, of course, we measure success in life by how many highway miles uh, one has clocked. Um, but for you having the having the father, you know, sort of be this um, an icon to some degree. How does that feel as a son? You, are you constantly trying to outdo him? Are you proud of him? Because for me, I have a little bit of um, I'm a little bit upset with my father for not going out there and becoming something a little bit bigger and better. But you have a father who actually went out there and excelled. What's it like growing up under that shadow? I mean, I I'm I'm immensely proud of my dad. 
Um, yeah. And I, I've never, I've never known a moment in my life when I haven't really been been aware of how great he is on on it, at the stupid thing that he does for a career, and right. then also just who he is and all the other things. But I also, uh, I, I totally understand the thought that like at very few moments in my life have I ever been like, I will surpass my father in some regard. Right. And you know they only normally happen when you're 18 and you're you're you know you're in some state of mania and you're like I'll win that academy award at 28. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That that it turns out that's not exactly how it happens. Um, right. But I do think that like it, it, I think that you know fathers and sons no matter how no matter how it works it's always really complicated like whether whether they're famous or not. Mm-hmm. People always used to ask us like what's it like having you know uh, a famous father and the answer is like I don't really have anything to compare it to. Right. Um, but I think that like, I think that no matter what, no matter what, you're going to have a compl- con- complicated relationship with your father. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know one person without a complicated relationship with their father. Unless they uh, don't have a father. Unless they don't have one, um, and then that's a whole other complicated case, relationship still, with, their, with their father's ghost, looking I Looking at a scarecrow and just being like, want to play a game of catch? Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So now you're working for Mother Jones. I mean, this Political. I do a great pol- uh, political show. I, I can't wait to have you on it. It's called Abe Lincoln's Top Hat on Cave Comedy Radio. If you haven't heard it, please go out there and give it a listen. It's phenomenal. And Ben Dreyfus will be on. I'm just booking him right now. He will be on in the future, in the near future. Um, politics. You've been following the Democratic primary very closely. Yeah. Obviously, Mother Jones is a little bit more of a left-leaning. Um, yeah. I guess it's a blog. Is that what these I'm, things are technically I mean, called? We're a magazine. I, I don't, You're a magazine. We have a okay. print magazine, but okay. I don't. I don't I'm I'm more on the website, but yeah, we're a print circulation magazine. I mean, what a hell of a past year it's been, huh? When it comes to the Democratic primary, I mean, this is the most exciting time for a political journalist, without a doubt, don't you think? Totally. I mean, ab- absolutely. I think that, like, especially at this exact moment, right before the New Hampshire primary, where you have this, you know, Hillary just won Iowa, but by like a, you know, a tiny little by an apple get... crumbles hair. Yeah, by like, like a coin flip. <laughs> By, by six yeah. coin flips, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that you really want it by more than a couple coin flips. As like they've debunked that MSNBC thing about that, I think. But yeah. even then, regardless, she's one of, you know pretty tiny, very very small, very small. Yeah. And you have Bernie Sanders, who a lot of people feel very passionate about, but then a lot of other people feel you know is living in a world of pure imagination and you know isn't mm. doesn't necessarily have the. And so don't go it, putting Willy Wonka songs <laughs> in my head, by the way. <laughs> so pure imagination. That's, that's, he's in a Wonka Vader, just waiting to you know. Yes. But so I think that it's a really interesting time for the democrats i i uh am uh, fonder of hillary i think yeah so i think that like well because you think she's more reasonable yeah it's possible what she her lower expectations are possible to achieve yeah i mean she has realistic goals right and i think that also she's i i personally find her more likable to be honest Mm -hmm. i know that i know that there's been a long things over the years with people not liking hillary i find hillary pretty likable i think that Bernie Sanders maybe too much reminds me of all the uncles that I know who are old Jewish men barking at me at my bar mitzvahs. And, right, and, right, 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 right. I don't need, I don't, I, there's a little, there's an anger that I find sort of unappealing. Well, I think your father could play Bernie uh, Sanders in a TV movie, and you could play young Bernie yeah. Sanders in a TV movie, and you'll just have an entire career playing young Bernie. Yeah, it'll be Bernie Sanders, Saunders, how do you pronounce it? I'll bring it in. <laughs> Get that Ben Dreyfus kid out of here. <laughs> I think that I mean yeah we'll just we'll get a lot of we'll, I'll play the young version of old Jewish man. Oh perfect. Yeah. That'll be that's a that's an amazing career that you're going to yeah. have. <laughs> Believe it or not there's a lot of old Jewish men who have a lot of acting work and I'm sure that they would love a younger <laughs> version of themselves. But I mean I think that like for all the funds and games of like the democratic race which really like for 
regardless of like how close this election is right now, right. the fundamentals haven't changed, and Hillary's probably overwhelmingly likely going to win. Mm-hmm. But then you have the Republican side, which has had the most, you know, surprising year. No one could have guessed exactly how this would have turned out a year right. ago. Everyone thought you know Jeb Bush was going to be was going to like, oh. even if not everyone, but like there was a general understanding he would probably be one of the people in the top. And now we have yeah. Donald Trump and Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio, who, and like Rubio, I guess people always right. suspected. But. Well, speaking of legacy, as we've been discussing, um, no one has a more powerful family than Jeb Bush. Obviously, he is failing miserably in the polls, so miserably he is forcing his 90-year-old mother out with her walker to New Hampshire. She's walking through snowbanks, w- walking in snowstorms, having to hang out with people she doesn't want to associate with in bizarre diners and delis all across uh, New Hampshire. Um, do you have any sympathy for Jeb Bush? A hundred percent. And how bad and of a candidate? Mother. And for his poor, poor mother. Who's, who's very old and being trotted out like a prop in all of these things. And the father, all the, all, all the Bushes. I have sympathy for all the Bushes here. Yeah. I mean, you have to, right? Because I mean, you you don't. Ha- no one thought that we ever would ha- uh, have sympathy for Jeb, but he's just done so bad. It's almost to the point that he's a special needs child. <laughs> he's asking and people to clap for him. He's asking people to clap for him. What's been some of your favorite experiences working for Mother Jones? Has there been a politician or a public figure that you had an opportunity to meet that you were just really uh, proud of your life decision to get rid of acting, a bunch of losers and schmucks, and move over to journalism? No. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not a reporter, so I don't go out into the field and meet. I, I, I haven't, I think, since working at Mother Jones, met any politicians, except for I mean, the politicians I bet have been prior in my life because they like to come out to Hollywood. Um, right, right, but, right. Uh, no, I, I mean, I've, the thing that I've loved about working at Mother Jones is that you get to actually write about politics and do these things that matter and, you know, be a part of, in some small sense, the, like, important discussions in our country about gun violence and civil rights mm-hmm. and all of these things, um, even if... Even if it's only that my contribution to that is is um, you know collaterally right. Um, but I I definitely think before that I worked at this place called CNET where I would write about cell phones and so it was a nice thing. It's a nice right. it's a nice move from writing about the Samsung Galaxy three to writing about gun violence. Yeah, I yeah. suppose so. Yeah, I think uh, cell phones aggravate me more. In a strange way. Look, I mean, like, gun violence might have blood on its hands, but cell phones are the thing you spend your day cursing at, Exactly. (laughs) Gun violence has blood on your hands, but uh, phones have blood coming out of your ears. (laughs) It's terrible, these things. We're all going to get brain cancer, I'm sure of it. But at the same time, I mean, I got to use it. I mean, if you're going to get brain cancer, we're all going to... If they're giving you brain cancer, which I don't think they are, we're all getting brain cancer together. That's right. So, of course, uh, Mother Jones, the the head of Mother Jones, or more one of the more powerful figures, he's regularly on the MSNBC show Hardball with Chris Matthews. Chris Matthews has a lot of spit. He's got a lot of spit coming out of his mouth on a regular basis. But uh, the guest for Mother Jones is David Korn. Yeah, David is the uh, B- D.C. Bureau Chief. He's the D.C. Bureau Chief. And what do you think about this guy? Because sometimes I see him on screen and I say, just like that little young Bernie Madoff, I want to strangle him. <laughs> I mean, David. David's fantastic. David's a fantastic DC. You know, yeah. he's on the pulse of it, and he's you know the forty-seven percent video. David is. Oh, was he the one who broke the forty-seven yeah. percent video? Yeah. For those that don't remember, 
Mitt Romney was giving a private speech at a dinner full of very wealthy people. One of the bartenders or waiters um, secretly filmed him, probably with a Samsung Galaxy, as probably, a matter of yeah. fact. It wasn't, Who knows? it wasn't iPhone quality. No, it was not iPhone quality. Mitt Romney admitted that 47% of the general electorate won't be voting for him, and this got blown into a very large uh, scandal for the Romney campaign. They really never recovered, and a lot of people give uh, that as one of the main reasons he lost the race, other than the fact he was a very white bread person who never had any problems in his life. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, so I think that, I think that um, you know, it was on the newsroom season two, if you've seen the newsroom season two. There's a whole, there's a whole yeah. episode about it. Um, but yeah, no, I think that David is a wonderful, David, wonderful sort of ideal of what you have as a DC journalist and, you know, how you can be inside the Beltway and also do investigative work and not, you know, become beholden to the sort of politico sort of nonsense that people have about, like, Rewriting press releases from the Department right. of the Interior. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So, did you grow up? Uh, just switching a little bit now, because I'm, 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 I am from uh, Wisconsin originally. Are you the cheese state? There's the cheese, cheese. Oh state. my God! There's so much cheese. Wisconsin is full of cheese chalets. Which is a cheese shop? Chalet. Chalet, oh, not chalets. Oh, like I made fun of it a lot fancy. of times. That's a cheese. very fancy term. Yes, that's right. But you put the word cheese in front of anything, and you know, delicious. It, well, it's delicious, like, but I'm it, I'm sold. It makes it slightly less classy, you know. But that's okay. The cheese. Uh, what's a classy word? Cheese for for what? For anything. What's a classy word? Uh, beignet. Cheese beignet. Well, that actually sounds very good. Never yeah. mind. Scratch my theory. That it's all a, over. That was, that was actually a great. That was a great one. That is a good beignet. beignet. It always sounded it's like the fanciest sounding donut. Yeah, as I'm concerned. No, oh, absolutely. It a donut. It's like a yeah, like a donut. Fr- um, it's a fritter. Pastry. Well, yeah, it's, I, like a pastry. It's, a it's a pastry. Louisiana especially. You have people who spell donut wrong, and then there's uh-huh. people who spell donut with the fancy way with the O U and everything, yeah. and then you have beignet. beignet. Well, I am livid now that I think about it. I'm livid. There isn't somebody who. Uh, Owns a donut store who has a donut called the John Bonnet Ramsey Donut. The John Bonnet Ramsey. The John Bonnet <laughs> Ramsey Donut. Too soon. Is it too, too soon? soon? Too soon. It's only been twenty years or something. I'd eat it. <laughs> I'd love it. Yeah. I mean, also they never found her. Maybe she's working in a shop called the John Bonnet. They Ramsey. found her down there. She wasn't. Did they doing, find her? They found her. They found her. There's oh, a, there's I thought a, they never found anything. They still didn't have any idea what happened. For if you want more information on John, John Bonnet Ramsey, <laughs> I do a podcast called The Last Podcast. On the we, left, we do a we did a full two parter on John Bonnet. Uh, it's fascinating. The story itself is incredible. Go back on Cave Comedy Radio and give that a listen. Uh, anyway, where are you from? Where did your parents raise you? Um, I, w- I was born in Los Angeles. And okay. Then uh, in Did you Idaho. go to one of those? Oh, in Idaho. Yeah, in Sun Valley, Idaho. When did you move to Idaho? Uh, in the early 90s, in like 92, 93. So you were a young man. I was a young man, 7, 8, 9, 10. Yeah. What, why did they choose to uh, move to Broken fam- home. Oh, I see. Yeah, divorce happened, and then you end up moving to Sun Valley, Idaho is what happens. So did you go to live with the mom, or you go to live with the dad? I'm assuming the mother, because Mr. Dreyfus probably wants to stay in L.A. Yeah, no, my, my, we went to live with my mom in Sun Valley uh, uh, because my father had to stay in you know Los Angeles to work. Right. And so then I got to grow up in the one little the one county in Idaho where people are all from, Los Angeles or Seattle or New York. And oh my it's, god! It's just a ski resort, and it's the only place where Jews are really allowed in Idaho. Oh, isn't that but, nice? Yeah, isn't that wonderful? <laughs> so you went to the Potato State. Yeah, you left beautiful Los Angeles, which which is full of uh, well, I suppose in the in the nineties the food wasn't supposed to wasn't uh, that good. Nowadays, LA food is phenomenal. I mean, it was pretty good in the nineties. It was pretty it good. Was okay. pretty good. Look, it's not like better Sacramento than Idaho. Food. Yeah, that's true. It's better than Idaho food. Like Idaho has a lot of great qualities. It's the most beautiful state you'll ever see. Uh-huh. It's the Pacific Northwest. It's you know stunning. God came down. Mwah. 
Thank perfect. God, God came God down came and came made down Idaho. Made yeah, on the sixth day. No, the fifth day. I don't know what day he did. It yeah, was whatever. One of the days. Uh-huh. And he came down and he made Idaho, and it was beautiful. And then he rested. Um, and then a bunch of like Idaho was also filled with a lot of you know it's culturally southern, and there's a lot of blah 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 blah, blah about the Aryans up north and the potatoes down south and the meth in Caldwell and all of. So they talk about the Aryan race, meth. And potatoes. And potatoes. But it's also, no matter what, they're the nicest people. It's a really, it's a very nice state, and it's also the most stunning, it's a really beautiful postcard state. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it was on an episode of I Love Lucy once. There's a lot of nice things about Idaho. So what the hell happened? Your mom woke you up one, uh, one day and was like, we're getting a divorce and we're moving to Idaho. We had, we, they had a, they had a, a home we had like gone to Christmas in Idaho, and then one day... Do you think they were preparing you? They're like, we'll get divorced in four I don't years, think but they, just I don't think that they were all together. They're like, look, we're gonna. Where should we go? Let's look at. Let's look at tax retreats. All right, Idaho <laughs> is the place to go. Because then you go to a place with no sales tax. No, I think that it right. was just that there was that when my mom and dad decided to get a divorce. My mom was like, well, where do we go? I don't. I don't know. Let's look. Like, all right, I guess we'll go to Idaho. Um, and that's how we ended up there. And it's a very nice place to grow up because you can, you know, don't have to lock your doors and right. Although, so then we spent a lot of time there, and then and, until we were all. Me and my siblings were like in teen teenagers, and we decided to rebel and wanted to go live with dad in, in like the big city. Right, right, right. Well, that that's a hell of an option to have. Yeah, it's really nice. No, I mean, absolutely, we were blessed to ha- be able to have the. There's also nice to when you have a, a like, when you're from divorced parents to be able to say to the other one, "I'm leaving and going to live with dad." Like, oh the, my like god! The ability to say that because I think if I'd actually called my dad and said that, he would have been like, "That's not how it works. Right. I am busy." I can't. I don't have another room for you. But just the threat really gets the Christmas gifts from the mom to be a lot better. Yeah. So I mean, so you're in Idaho. Your dad's in L.A. But was he able to? Was, yeah. Did you have contact? No, with there's him? there's airplanes. And there are like airplanes. You know, they go to the Idaho. 90s. This wasn't this wasn't the 20s when it was like, all right, I'll see you later, kid. <laughs> Off you go. Like, um, I got yeah, a train no. to catch. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. Like, I'll, I'll see you in four days on the Union Pacific. Like, I do kind of think of all divorces going that way, especially when the families separate. At some point, uh, you know, a mother is with her ch- three children on a coal yeah. train, just sl- sl- sadly uh, passing through South and the Dakota. Dad is just the dad just looks away and says, "Up, oh, well." Thank Time God to get that- a new family. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank God that's done. Finally, I got rid of them. No, I mean, no. The, I think that, like, you know, we. This was the. This was the nineties. Eighteen. Ma Bell had had come back together. Yeah, we'd already fixed all the phone things. I even had cell phones. Um, and also, I remember he used to have us. Back in the old days of like fifty-eight point K eight K modems, we would have video chats that didn't move a lot. But like you'd have like a wow. still photo that moved. They were installed, and people would come and install a fucking camera in our house. Yeah, and this is way ahead of its time. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean it didn't work very well. But that no, was I was like, still playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on my Mac, and every time you would go down the sewer tunnel, it took fifteen minutes to load the next scene. <laughs> it was a nightmare. <laughs> And you got you got video. I remember I remember that game and that level, and I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm still upset about it. I I'm livid with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game. For anyone who is uh, of our generation, will totally understand. There were real consequences when you made a mistake in old video games. It would just start you over from the beginning, oh, yeah. or oh, yeah. you would take 15 minutes to load as they show you, uh, you know, the mistake level that I you mean, fell into. I mean, there are video games that I used to play as a child that I still have never beaten. Like, I, that I, I spent my childhood trying to beat Zelda and certain things. But like, no, that just, I don't even know. 
I probably didn't even get past the first couple levels. Because to be they honest. were impossible. They were very difficult. They were totally impossible. They I, were never I made feel for like people as like as an us. adult, if you gave me a lot of Adderall and you know just a couple of weeks off, I could yeah. probably do it now. But I, I feel like that would be a weird way to spend my Adderall or my vacation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, you're an adult male. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't do that. If you're going to take a bunch of Adderall. You do know, you, something constructive. Yeah, just go. I don't even get it. <laughs> go do a bunch of auditions uh, really fast. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what the hell you'll do. <laughs> so when you were growing up in Idaho, did people know you were the son of Richard Dreyfus? Small towns, word spreads quick. Yeah. And I would assume, did was there uh, ever attention or just like, ooh, celebrity boys here? Or what was, because a lot of time, kids are terrible. Yeah, no, I mean, there was. And it's like, we grew up in a town with like other, other it's one of those towns where there was, you know, the Willis's lived there, and we grew up with. Robert oh, like Bruce Willis, and and oh, so it was sort of like there was there. It wasn't as as crazy as you might think, right? That. But also, like there was there was natural thing of us being, you know, we were wearing leather jackets and shit from L.A. And also, I have one eye, right? So I sort of was like this weird person who couldn't play soccer and go skiing with all of them. But was wearing a leather jacket and like telling weird stories about Los Angeles and sort of being not, you know. It must have helped with the ladies. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Because having one eye is a great. great well, not way the with one the eye thing. Is it? Are are you blind in one eye yeah. or is it a glass eye? Well, I mean, it's both. It's glass, and I can't see out of it. Well, can um, you imagine though? Soon it'll be glass, and you will be able to see no, out. No, I mean, it. absolutely. I mean, but the thing I vividly recall, like when we first moved to when we first moved to Idaho, they sent a uh, uh, an optometrist to our school. And like we had these preconceived notions about what Idaho was like, yeah, you know, because you such you know, as it's it's backwater, it's yeah. you know, and the optometrist comes up to me and is does the test. He says, "All right, put your right eye in the thing." He doesn't sound like this at all, but I'm going to yeah, use yeah. that accent anyways. Sure. So yeah, look in the right eye thing, and I go A B Q L T seventeen. He goes, "All right, all right, what do you see in your left eye?" And I was like, "Sir, I don't know." And he was like, "Just tell me what you see," and I was like, "Ah, oh, I just made some stuff up." Yeah. And then we got this card from him. This is like our first week in Idaho. And it said he's 2020 in his right eye and 2050 in his left eye. So he did. <laughs> and my mom was like, You don't even have a left eye. It's made of glass. I think that optometrist was drunk. <laughs> I'm just we going to say. We were literally like, Well, so you go and went to Idaho. They didn't even have the optometrist, literally couldn't even at the most basic level. Right. <laughs> and your glass eye sees better than most people, yeah, exactly. actually. The glass eye is legally allowed to drive in most states. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's hilarious. What, it, was a, it was a born condition, or yeah, did you I, lose I was, it throughout life? I mean, I used to lie and tell people I lost it in, in, a, in like a knife fight, but I That's a good way to do it. It is. I mean, if you're going to, also, if you're, as long as you're on the right side of the knife fight, you don't want to lose it if like you're mugging someone right 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 but that's like, just embarrassing you're, yeah then you're then you're not only a bad mugger but you're a mugger that's but you right you want to lie and say you were defending someone from being mugged of course uh, but no i lo- i was born with this thing called peter's anomaly that uh it looked it was born wrong and broken so they just popped it out out and put it in a glass they eye. popped it out after a little bit because it didn't look right and i was like oh jesus stop oh, god what a hell of a surgery that sounds like a nightmare oh. surgery yeah no i mean i think I, I was out for it thank god i think yeah yeah it would be terrible if you weren't out for it. Yeah, what else would they? Yeah, they got You got to get knocked out for yeah, that one. They're not just going to give you enough Demerol where they can just spoon out your eye. Yeah. Unless it's sort of like I feel like that's a Vietnam film. It probably happened in a Nam film. I'm sure it <laughs> happened a lot in Vietnam in yeah, real life as well. I'm sure it happened in Vietnam is a great thing to always say to people. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You think you're special? It used to happen in Nam quite a lot. <laughs> Exactly, and probably happened in some of those Wes Craven films your mother yeah. starred in. I mean, she was constantly spooning people's eyes out, always, just right and left. Yeah. 
Is that something, I mean, obviously, I'm sure people bring it up. Is it something you're really sensitive about or were you is, is growing up? I mean, every, oh, is it, you know, being six foot seven for me, I, and I was very fat as well. You know, these are always uh, things. Everyone's always pointing out the most obvious flaw, and you're like, I got it. <laughs> I know all about it. I'm living inside <laughs> of it. I hate every second of it. Do you want to talk about my parents' divorce, too? Like, what else? Let's no, just get into me. that, please, God. No, I mean, I do think that, yeah, like, you definitely have a bunch of, like, weird stuff about it about when you're growing up and did I did you ever do that you got to pop it out sometimes in class yeah totally I mean my well my parents were divorced so my mom had like boyfriends and I would be like if I want to get rid of this boyfriend I'm going to take my eye out and, <laughs> and just scare the hell out of this idiot and I so love there it was a bunch of I used to be able to pop it out without touching it like I could just have my eye yeah, yeah, flick yeah. it out and so that is a great way to terrify someone who's dating your mother oh you're gonna be <laughs> but you know you're gonna be a great grandfather oh yeah. you're gonna have the best grandfather trick ever and the kids are just gonna be terrified but they're gonna constantly request yeah. that you do it <laughs> and i'll be like i don't even remember your names who are you oh well i'll pop my eye oh they love it yeah 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 roll have it roll around on the ground a little the bit they can just like an around. ipad mini so you just give it to them let them play with the eye they'll just love it and oh everything's wonderful yeah yeah exactly <laughs> no but yeah i think that everyone i mean whether you're six foot seven and fat or one eyed and five foot seven it doesn't matter there's right. going to be something where you're like oh my god that's why you gotta well done for those you know moderately height weighted two-eyed people they're right they're god's children but then they complain about not having any problems i know they also they complain about being like a single child or an right. only child there's a I, I know people who are only children who are like oh you don't know what it's like so difficult being the only child. Having everything that you ever wanted uh, with no one fighting for I know, it? you're like, oh, God, it sounds so difficult. It sounds so hard. The privilege. Yeah, exactly. The privilege of ha not having your toys destroyed yeah. on a regular basis by an aggressive older sibling. Yeah. <laughs> what are you? Are you the oldest, the youngest, middle? I'm the middleest. I'm the, I'm the, I have an elder sister and a younger brother. Okay, that's cool. And you guys are, yeah, and, and of course now your younger brother, he is obviously attempting to act as well. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's in L.A. as a, he, Harry, he's in Los Angeles, he's like 25 and tall and blonde, and he's a, he's doing what you do in Hollywood and is an actor and a writer Good. and a director and yeah, all those fun things. It seems like the whole family is absolutely crushing it and finding their own way in life, which is amazing. I mean, we, I mean, finally, like, it, eventually you have to, after years of us out in the wilderness, it seems like we finally started <laughs> to do things. But yeah, no, it's nice. It's all, it's all, it's been, it's good. I mean, we've been very lucky and had a lot of opportunities and all So of 12 years old, you went, was it 12 or 13 or 14 when you went back to L.A.? I don't know, around there, around yeah. the preteen. So you're like, as soon as high thing. school hit, you're like, I am getting out of here. Oh, a little bit later, I went, then moved to New York, and like, and I did all. I saw the movie Kids, and was like, this sounds. Oh that's what God. I want. I wanna, I wanna do that thing that Rosario Dawson was doing in that movie. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, so then I, I moved to the big city. And yeah, favorite city, L.A. or New York or Idaho? I mean, as far I, as states, no, not Idaho. No. Not Idaho. I mean, I I live in New York and I love New York. Uh, I love it because I I don't have to drive really. Yeah, and I'm a terrible driver. I've destroyed a lot of cars. And How many cars you got under under the belt? I have totaled two cars. Not and bad. I, I totaled two as well. What type of cars did you total? All right. So my first car ever it was a Ford Thunderbird. Okay. And I That's loved. That's a pretty cool car. It was to total. A, it That's was a, a cool, cool car. car to total. And I started drinking at the age of twelve, and I didn't. Natch. Stop, Natch. you know, it's Wisconsin where I'm from. So, you know, be, knowing what Idaho is yeah. like, it's it's very similar, except for instead of potatoes, again, we have cheese and porn <laughs> shops. That's all Wisconsin has is porn cheese. Porn shops? Porn shops. Because Wisconsin, much like Idaho, it's just a trucker drive through yeah, state. totally. So truckers are apparently just jerking off constantly no and then craving cheese. No yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Those those cabins of, of the trucks must smell something <laughs> atrocious, worse than the sticky. tombs. It's very sticky. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sticky and, oh, but the, the guy is always full of cheese so i guess good for him so i had a thunderbird 
And sure enough, I'm driving to school one day, and uh, I, I just cross the street like an idiot, uh, and a car T-bones me. This guy is very upset because he lost his favorite car of all time. Meanwhile, the trunk of my car pops open. Beer cans just go flying. <laughs> Full beer cans. I wasn't drunk. I mean, this was in the morning. I would yeah. And I would assume I was going to um, consume those beers <laughs> later that night. So that was my first accident. And, uh, you know, it was, it was fairly shocking. And then I had a yellow Geo Metro. And uh, it, there was a parking lot situation. I was literally longer than this car. It was a convertible. Somebody hit me in a parking lot, and the car pretty much exploded. And I think the collision was at five miles an hour. Was it your fault? Every accident was my fault. Okay, okay. And, oh, as a matter Same. of fact, I, I got three cars. Another time, I was driving this huge Oldsmobile. I have no idea where the hell I got it. I think I bought it for like 500 bucks, and I just rear-ended somebody on a highway. So I, I totaled three cars. I mean, I so I, I drove I, – I, I flipped – a jeep once not I, bad and into a tree and i sober or drunk or is this off the... I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna answer that question this all is, right, all right. Fifth Amendment. <laughs> we got a, we got a real martin screlly over here he's pleading the fifth i'm not and i'm no trey gowdy my friend i also i also killed a deer once that destroyed a car but the, then also um drove i would a... assume the deer that that had to be an it idaho was, accident that, yeah yeah it's the deer's fault too of it course was... For those that don't know, the middle of the country, these deers are menace. And they also teach you when you're getting your license to, to hit it. They right. also say, like, don't try and not hit it because you'll end up flipping your car and going, like... Hitting a tree. Yeah, yeah they're like, exactly. If the deer jumps in front, just keep going. Like, take that deer yeah, down. Take that, that deer asked for it. Um, and then I also went to visit my brother once when he was at acting camp in upstate New York and we had a rental car, a rental Buick that uh -huh. I drove accidentally off of a cliff because it was raining. And how the hell did you survive that? I mean, I have no idea how I survived that, but I, I do know that how high I, was the cliff high enough that the car was destroyed. The Buick was destroyed. The Buick was thank God American Express had had insurance that it dealt. Are with you it. sure you're not like living the life of a Hollywood actor or living no, the life I mean, of a character in a Hollywood film? And I mean, very rarely do people survive cars flying I, off a cliff. But I did survive it. And I went to see Harry in the play and he was the thing. And I, I had hit my head and was sort of like passing out. Oh, in my the middle God. Of the play. And my mom was there and, and had to get up and leave the play to go like deal with the fact that we were now in the middle of nowhere. And my brother tells the story of playing some, you know, Greek character and seeing me falling asleep on the on the ground and my mother running around to go get like an ambulance. Um, oh my god! Everything turned out great though. The worst heckle ever. Your bro yeah. your brother is dying from a <laughs> from a concussion. I know, and he was like, "God, you're, you're destroying my play as well." Right. <laughs> he must have been so pissed. <laughs> I think my I older brother is taking all the uh, all the not, uh, attention he didn't again. Even die. He didn't even die. It would have been one thing if I had died in this thing. And yeah, he would have yeah, been yeah. able to tell that story. Oh, that's better accidents than me. Mine were just, I was, I don't know what it was. Until I was around, uh, until I was about uh, 22, I just, I just didn't look. I just no. wasn't looking anywhere. It's really when I was easy driving. to not do, be a good driver. It's yeah. really easy to just go. Exactly. Just do it. And all, I'm like, oh, these stop signs aren't for me. Yeah. If everybody else stops except for me, I'm going to be fine. Through. Not well, a problem. I ha I'm the one driver with a plan. I'm <laughs> just going to roll through. <laughs> And which is really what we've brought to life, which I think is an asset at some point. Just roll through no matter what yeah. the hell happens. Yeah. Just keep on rolling through. <laughs> Until the day you don't. And then then it'll be they'll just they'll say other they'll say nice things at the funeral. Yeah, then you got a little eulogy and everyone's just like eh, and it was like, you know, whatever. Yeah. They're just there for the meat plates and <laughs> probably for the open casket so they can mock your face but you yeah. can't uh, react or yell at them. I mean, that's a that's that's the lowest hanging fruit to make fun of people in a casket. I love it. What would you do? Open casket, closed casket. Ben Dreyfus' funeral in the year 2075. I, mean, I would want an open casket and I would also want to be like in an above ground mausoleum type of thing. So uh -huh. I don't want the worms to come after me and 
all of that. Really? So you would prefer the small, almost, I guess, a Chinese hotel that type situation? A fantastic, just a drawer in just a nice little, like, above-ground drawer up in some nice above-ground mausoleum. And you want, I suppose you would have to be frozen then at that point. Well, I mean, if, if I'm, Is that how if they do I'm it? alive enough to freeze me, I think there's no reason not to. Like, I think yeah. if they can, look, I don't know how far medical science has gotten. But if I have enough assets to pay for that, which I probably don't in this scenario, right. <laughs> I would like them to just do their best. <laughs> Try. Try and keep me alive as long as possible. Yeah, who would you like to see at your funeral? Um, I would like the people at my funeral to be none of my enemies. I'd like all of my enemies to be dead. Everyone, oh, you want to outlive else. the enemies. Yeah, I mean, everyone at the funeral should be people who... I always thought that, like, you know, if you've been a very good person... When you die, the last thing you hear is that, like, you know, everyone who loves you and everyone you love will be okay and they'll get through it. Right. And if you've been a very bad person when you die, the last thing you hear is all of your enemies are going to be okay. Yeah, And they're going to be happy. They'll get through it. Right, 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 right. (laughs) Do you have any main enemies? Not that I'm going to mention. You have to mention one. No, I'm never going to say any because I'll help their Google search results. Oh, I see. You've got to keep them all. Of course we have enemies. Enemies are fun. It sort of motivate you to get up every day and work hard. Are your enemies in the entertainment sector or in the political sector? I don't really have any enemies in the political sector other than, like, ideological disagreements. But, right, right, yeah. right. With people like Joe Scarborough. Yeah, but who who even he seems like a nice person. Yeah, like, yeah, I have yeah. no actual... I, but, like, you know, it's all... You always have enemies that are personal-based, you know? You have to have right. an nemesis that's personal-based because they went to the prom with Jenny or something like that. You know, yeah, it's always yeah, yeah, got to yeah. be more fun. Like, who are your nemesises? Man, you know, nemeses? I was trying... Nemesis. Oh, which is a great... Speaking of video games, as we were previously, Resident Evil Nemesis is a, is a great game. I'm trying... Trying to think, I, I you know I have a few from high school people that I, I I can go back. Uh, one's name was Casey, and I mean a true. The, the I, I think I've discussed it on this show previously. There's a cliche that all of your bullies in high school will just stay in your hometown and become janitors yeah. or drunks. Yeah, or and, both. Or, or both, both. drunken janitors, yeah. which is really kudos. Yeah, good on you. If you're a janitor, please just be drunk, and I, I love everything that you're doing. Um, his name was Casey. There was another guy named Dan. And um, I'm trying to think, Jason, maybe a Jason. Either way, with was, a Y. Uh, no, no, this is this is with Stevens okay, Point, Wisconsin. Right. There's no Y's. <laughs> There's no Jasons with no, a Y. No, this isn't big city Idaho, Ooh. my friend. No, and <laughs> go back to Brussels. I'm sorry. <laughs> those that that like group of people. They used to do this thing, it was called the dime drill, and they did it to all the freshmen, or not all the freshmen. I mean, I have two gay older brothers, and they both left. Uh, when I was a freshman in high school. So uh, I got a lot of the uh, brunt of the homophobic attacks, uh, even though I'm straight. So I don't you know. And I, and I can't even go to the LGBT communities and tell them how, how tortured yeah. I was. They don't care. Uh, LGBT. It's not like Al-Anon. No, exactly. <laughs> so there was a thing where you had to push a dime around a toilet bowl. I mean, it was a terrible experience. And there was a lot of bullying going on. So those guys, those are my enemies. And, I, you know, I see them on Facebook. And uh, I just revel in their misery. You know, the best photos they have or them, the, their greatest accomplishments are killing a 30-point buck, uh, you know, or killing some random animal, usually with their white trash car. <laughs> so those are my enemies. But you're right. It is tough. I don't have any... Um, I don't have any career enemies. There are some people who have taken... 
uh, who have gotten roles over me when it comes to talking head things. Yeah. Not talking head things, or very small things. There was something I was doing for a uh, internet company that used to be extremely famous, which is now... It's Yahoo, isn't it? It's close, but not quite. And uh, they gave the job to this real prick, and he's a total schmuck. And, uh, you know, sure enough, that project completely fell apart, and now I'm all over Fox News. So I take great... Um, and I'll always, I'll, I'd much rather be, I'll be on Fox News, the number one cable network, than some... You know, dead internet channel. <laughs> so I take, I do take some solace in that. But I think that you make a, that you're right. Anger, it, it can feed you, but uh, especially in this business, you can't let it uh, start attacking. No, you. I mean, I like the closest I ever came to be being. Uh, there was like a number of times in movies where I'd be like, you know, almost the it's between me and someone else, and that other person gets it, and right. then would get to be in the stupid movie about mutants. And yeah, like, exactly. The thing is, I have no, I have. I, they say this thing in AA when they're like, "Look, if you can drink normally, we tip your hats to them." And like, I don't tip my, I don't tip my hats to those people. I, like, I'm not like, British, no, number one from the 1920s. I don't even, I don't even own a hat, you son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I do get like, you know, like, well done, you got, you get to play that role, and now you're famous, and I'm jealous of you a thousand times. But I'm also, you know, look, I'm not going to key your car. Um, <laughs> That's did, very good. I'm not going to key your car, sir. I'm not going to key it. Okay. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, no, I think that like, especially when when you're talking about like high school enemies, you have all of these things where you get to look and like they've all aged so poorly. It's so right. nice to yeah. see how how poorly people have aged, and it's also fun to like. I'll, I'll say the, the few people on the internet who I have been terrible to. I mean, there's a lot of people I've been mean to, but like that's they've deserved, deserved it. Some have you ever are, felt bad for being mean to somebody, and then you met them in real life, and you're no. like, oh, you're actually a nice person? No. no, never. No, no. So when you have the rage, when you have the Dreyfus rage, you know for a fact that it's <laughs> no, well placed. I mean, the thing is, like, there's people who act differently on the internet than they do in normal in normal life, and I've always been really proud of like my internet personality being being a very honest trailer for the live show of Ben Dreyfus. Right, right, like, right, right, right. It is actually what you're gonna get, and yeah. like. So, I mean, I, I'm sort of a prick on the internet sometimes, but I'm also just sort of a prick in real life sometimes. But I think that, like, one of the things that, that I have been, the people I have not been terrible, not been great to is, like, my name is Ben Dreyfus, so my, every, whenever there's been Twitter, I've always had, like, at Ben Dreyfus. Right. And I've always, like, reserved those the second I can. And there's a few other Ben Dreyfuses in the world that I know about from, like, Google. Okay. And they, like, one used to play tennis at Brandeis, and, like, whenever I've gotten, like, Gmail at Ben Dreyfus, I've then, like, always, like, emailed, G, like, at Ben Dreyfus, number one, like, haha, idiot. I got it. <laughs> what a dickhead. I got it. And like, I did it do on Twitter, and I was like, ha, I got it. I, I got at Ben Dreyfus this time. Do they even care? One time, one of them wrote back to me and was like, just shut up. <laughs> and I was like, like, all right. But then Snapchat I came am out. I to say, that is a really prickish thing to do. <laughs> like, just be like, ha, I got like, your name. And like, for over the years, because I just kept always getting it. And like, there's like three of them. <laughs> right. Like, but then one of them got Snapchat, Ben Dreyfus, and so I had to have them, and I started to, like, snap at them. All right, touche, man. <laughs> like, oh, too, my God, Touche, motherfucker. Do you, own, <laughs> do you own the Ben Dreyfus as far as when you Google Ben Dreyfus? Is yours the first name to come up? Yeah, it is. Okay, yeah. good. Ben Kissel is also the first. I mean, the only Ben Kissel, according to Google, <laughs> which I really like, Coscarelli. When you Google your name, yeah, are you the only Mike Coscarelli? You come I'm not up first. Actually. You no, got to win that, buddy. Up, I come up first, but I'm not the. There's some kid in Michigan who was like a baseball player. Does he have? Does he have Twitter? Or does he have like just your name? Yeah, but he's a total fucking dickhead. Well, he's you like got to take him down, Mike. Point. You got. You got to own your Google. <laughs> you got to do it. Um, you're gonna. But you still. You obviously with the young man off stuff. Are you? Are you excited? Madoff. To, oh my god, Madoff. that's right. I. It's I hard. got the Ben Dreyfus disease. Madoff, which is actually more difficult to say than Madoff. <laughs> but you're going to keep on acting. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll do anything for money. Right. I mean, I feel like, and uh, I feel like you would make a, a perfect villain for some reason. Totally. Maybe it's just because the Ben Dreyfus uh, Twitter. Totally. Story I, mean, that, I mean, that's yeah. I mean, that's I'm gold at villain for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think I'll probably keep acting in, in and out, and like doing other. Other is things any, outside of journalism. Is there any dream role? Is there any? Is there any character that I guess is sort of in the, uh, in the uh, lexicon now that you would just love to play? I don't know about that. Like a Bond villain, or maybe James <laughs> Bond himself. Who knows? No, I don't think that they have a lot of Jewish American Bonds. They that's don't. Maybe the, not like, yet. Not, not yet. yet. Maybe not. <laughs> Our people have struggled for so long. Five thousand years we've been waiting to be a Bond villain. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, I mean, but, I don't think there is necessarily a specific role, but I think that, uh, I don't know, there's there's a lot of roles for for Jewish American white men in America. Yes, there are. It's, like, I'll be fine. It's, <laughs> it's going to be exciting. Uh, man, thank you so much for being here. Of course. Thank you for having me. I know I'm always shooting questions out, and everyone's just like, stop asking me things. But <laughs> you, are, you are wonderful. No worries. Um, obviously, we were discussing Twitter. You can find Ben Dreyfus. On Twitter at Ben Dreyfus. Not Ben Dreyfus 1, not Ben Dreyfus 42069, <laughs> at Ben Dreyfus. He owns it. <laughs> and read his articles on Mother Jones. Uh, it is really phenomenal. He's an extremely, you are an extremely smart man. And uh, as this political season continues on, uh, if you are somebody who is left leaning, you're going to love uh, being fed. Um, everything that you want to hear, and if you're someone who is right leaning, go check out Mother Jones. Hear what the other side has to, other side has to say, and uh, and get a more informed opinion. Uh, it's a great, great um, magazine. Um, all right, Mike Coscarelli. You can find Mike on Twitter at Mike Coscarelli. It's Mike. You not Mike Coscarelli one. <laughs> no, it's at Mike. I am the only at Mike Coscarelli on Twitter. Good. I don't know what this. This other kid is from Michigan. He's got to die. Uh, we got to take. Go. No, and yeah. I'm not saying if you are. Like, in he's got to die. Right. You're, not well, Mike exactly. you're right. I gotta get. Don't, I gotta, don't take him out. Don't <laughs> Ben Drive. You're a bad influence on the producer, Ben. <laughs> there can only be one. Right? I think take so. Care of him. That's very true. Um, and of course, check out Mike's podcast, Social Villains. Yes, sir. Uh, you will love it. Um, all right, I'm on Twitter at Ben Kissel. Make sure to check out all my other shows on Cave Comedy Radio. Uh, for politics, check out Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. I cannot wait to have Ben on, and we will just talk about politics for a full hour, and uh, it'll be phenomenal. And uh, Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, a roundtable of gentlemen, and, of course, the last podcast on the left, and you can also find me on Twitter at Ben Kissel. All right, everyone, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.